I'm going to play a clip, and then we'll go into the show. Balls deep. The Spanish fly was the thing that all boys uh, at, from age 11 on up to death, <laughs> we will still be searching for Spanish fly. <laughs> That's right. and, and, and what was the old, the old story was, if you, you took a little in. drop, no, it was on the head of a pin. pin. And you put it, it in, in the drink. Don't but matter. It doesn't make it. And the girl would drink it. And she sure. Hello, America. <laughs> Good evening, everybody. Welcome to the show. It's another live podcast from the Dave Driscoll Studios in downtown Manhattan. And a big July podcast, the one after the 4th of July, the one after I took. A week off. Only the third week off in an entire year. It's unbelievable. The dedication, the science, the podcasting, the legend of what is the Dave Duskow Show. Right now. We've got a great show for you tonight. We're uh, kicking off the summer with some unbelievable nonsense. Please welcome my guest today. The lovely and beautifully dressed, unbelievably sexy... Rachel Feinstein. Hey, David Jessica. Hello, Rachel. It's great. It's great to be here. <laughs> it's nice to have you. Rachel's going to be on tour at the Oddball Comedy Festival, July, uh, August 28th and August 29th, Kansas City, Missouri, Tinley Park, Illinois, and August 30th in Clarkston, Michigan. That's with Amy Sherman and Anzi Anzara. Yes. You're definitely doing those three shows, the Oddball Festival. Yeah. I'll and then you can also. Montreal. Oh, the Montreal yeah. Comedy Festival. And then July 30th through August 1st, the American Comedy Company, San Diego. Oh, I'm so impressed. Well, you know what? It's not easy to find. For some reason, you look you up. It's not easy. Why don't you make it easy? <laughs> <laughs> I have to update my website. Yes, uh, because your last gig, according to your website, was 2012. Congratulations. <laughs> You've done so, so well. Thanks. Well, listen, I mean, you're obviously very busy. You're doing a lot of stuff and really great stuff. Um,. I mean, I'm I'm gonna say that you're on uh, the show Red Oaks on Amazon because I saw it last night, so it's out. Oh, it I is. didn't see your part, but I saw the first episode. Oh, I didn't know it was out. Yeah, so I, I I don't think there's any secret. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, go for it. Get this, my sister's a camp counselor. Mm-hmm. One of the kids just got a part on your show. No way. <laughs> yeah, I swear to God, he's oh, starting that's tomorrow. So cute. Yeah, we're taping this on Wednesday, July eighth, and uh, yeah, he's starting tomorrow for some reason. It's like big news in New Jersey. That this really? kid got a part in the show. Oh, that's so cute. Yeah, there was a, a girl in Shameless that was in her camp as well for some reason. Are these and young Jews? Because it's a Jewish country club, you know. No, it's not young Jews. Of course it's young Jews. Okay. Well, the girl from okay. Shameless might not have been Jewish, but uh, yeah, it's a Jewish day camp. Okay. I think it's called Camp Yachad. Ugh, that's disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> Rachel Feinstein doesn't like Camp Yachad. <laughs> no, I do. I'm a fan. I'm a fan of the Jessgau kids, I'll say that. Make sure you... Uh, you want to move the mic uh, closer to you? Or the is Casper. Casper kids? Is that what The Casper called? kids, that's right. It's funny that their last name is also your... was That was your um, gambling name, right? Casper. Yes, that's true. It's just a complete coincidence. It's that very that, disturbing. Yeah. I that, remember that. when you used to get a lot of Casper calls, but things have cleared up in your life. That's right. No that's one's right. searching for you in the streets. No. Anymore. Well, not no. I'm all paid up. I had that old woman, remember... Um, Sam and I talked about it. I had oh, that yes. old woman that uh, yes. we extorted the money from her, and she oh, paid up everything. Wasn't that lovely? Yeah. I know. It's too bad we didn't have soft piano music. <laughs> well, you know, she um, she has lots of money. She was asking for it, I think, yeah, is what you were going to say. Mm-hmm. She's like, you know, 70. What's she doing with that money? What's she going to do with that money? It's better if she pays off my debts. In fact, this season, we're going to tell her we're in trouble again so I can get money beforehand just to gamble with. No, it's really disturbing. <laughs> How is it? Or brilliant. Maybe you're looking at it the wrong way. <laughs> Maybe. Anyway, th- are you comfortable? Because I know it's very hot today. I have to turn off the air conditioner usually when I do the show now, and it's the summer. But I have the fan blowing on you. Is it blowing on you? Are you I comfortable? I love this apartment. I've always been comfortable in this. This is a, a poon pound here. <laughs> I mean, a poon pad. It sure is. Yeah, now you're talking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, thanks for doing the show. I know you're really, really busy. I mean, you are really busy. It's all happening. I know you were on The Bachelorette. Yeah. With Ms. Schumer. What do you think Amy Schumer said? Uh, those racists remarks. It's uh, not it's a pro- I don't know. Pro- uh, <laughs> listen, I'm not saying. What, what's the deal with Amy? What, what is that? No, it's not. It's a. That's the. That's the funniest joke I've ever heard. I mean, listen, I do racist stuff on this show all the time, um, so I thought it was the funniest joke. It was about Mexicans, right? 
Yeah, I mean, do people people can't make jokes anymore? That's the whole that, point that's, of it. It's so there crazy. it is. People can't make jokes anymore. There it is. I was upset actually that she apologized. I don't like that. You know, it's frustrating that you know she's getting so much shit. It just doesn't make any sense. But I mean, yeah, it's just Mexicans. Everybody feels similar. What's the big deal? <laughs> I mean, but there, it's like there was a joke I used to do, like where I was like, um, oh, I'm dating a white. It was something about being in a racial relationship, and then I would say afterwards, now I'm dating a white guy. I finally realized I'm worth it, right? And it's obviously supposed to be ridiculous, but, you know, people would misunderstand that punchline. Like, if I really th- felt that way, then I wouldn't say it. It just sounds funny to say. It's funny to do an impression of what, certain, you know. Of course. But uh, I don't know. It's, 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 things are really bizarre now where you, people don't understand irony and stuff. I mean, I listen, we can go through Amy, Sarah's, and Louis' act, and we can call them, all three of them, complete racist assholes if we depicted every joke that they tell if you want to look at it like that and sometimes and you're trying to we might as well go as yeah. long as far back with don rickles and just say this racist motherfucker i mean it's just you either get it or you don't i don't think she was you know I, I don't think any of those three people mean anything that we're just telling some jokes we're having some fun i know people get hurt sometimes i get it um you know certainly i probably don't like uh some you know, a person who's not Jewish telling Jewish jokes or something, I might get offended, but I, if they're good at everything else they do, then I always feel, oh, I'm probably wrong because they're a good comic. Yeah, you can usually get a sense, too, of where somebody's coming from, you know, so yeah. you can tell when you watch certain people or even when you listen to conversations like, oh, that that's a racist, scary person. Or you can tell like, oh, that's a person that's being ridiculous and making a joke about race. And, yeah, you know, and, and the thing is that there are people that we know, comics that are horrible, that are clearly imitating comics be- because they're trying to be edgy and, and dangerous just like they're trying to imitate Louis. So they yeah. do that kind of joke, and we all know it's wrong, and they're not good, and so they should be treated like this. But Amy's a professional comedian, and, you know, and I mean, Louis' thing on Saturday Night Live... You know, and it got all that controversy about the child mm-hmm. porn or the child. Um, yeah. What are they called? Molestation. Child molestation, right? Yeah. I mean, it, you know, it's it's great. I, do I see why people are in an uproar? Of course I do. I mean, but how awesome is it? I mean, I know we're comics, and or you know, you are, uh, but you know what? I, I mean, you, you know, we got to get a tougher skin, and it's really getting bad and worse, and no fun. Yeah, it's really dumb. Some I get a lot of emails like where people will tell me something they're offended by. This one couple wrote me an email, which I thought was so sad. Like, they have to be the shittiest couple in the world. They write, That's what they do in their time off is write emails about things they're co-offended by. Like, they, oh, they signed it, too. like, Joel and Beth Stern are, you know, co-offended by your material. And I'm like, wow, you guys, you must have a great sex life. You sound like some real fun people. You know I do that, though, right? Um, you, it's different to write a letter about something you're complaining about, like, to get money, which is why you do it, right? How, shut up. I mean... Don't I you get free Hebrew. things? Yeah, that's true. I just, on the way over here... Yeah, I but just, that guy, Howard Schultz from Starbucks, needs to realize <laughs> that if he's going to put me in a position where I'm going to need to do that, something has gone wrong. No, complaining to businesses is a delight. I should, do, I do. should do it more often. I can I'm do, all, you know, that's I different. I do it for you. I have a lot of, lot of free time. That's different than, <laughs> than writing to an individual, yeah. you know. But, but I just call the phone company and to complain about my bill, and I get too nervous, so I, I just have to use a different voice. And I was trying to sound like Judy Gold because I thought people would respect her, you know? So I did like this really bad Judy Gold impression because I think she's so funny. And and it gave me strength when I was arguing with them. It's funny that you say that I I was doing the exact same thing at, uh, you know, at work one time. There was a guy who looks just like the kid from Fast Times at Ridgemont High with the bow tie, you know, (laughs) like rat. So I, and he apparently is a dick and nobody likes him. Like he's mean. So I kept doing the Damone character to him whenever he would come by and ask me to do stuff. And I'm like, geez, I don't know if I can do it for you because, um, you know, I think it's going to get a little crazy, right? You know, like, what is it? What'd you call me? Oh, no, I'm sorry. I meant uh, Alex, whatever you name. And I thought that would, you know, like maybe, I thought for some reason he was treated so badly as a kid and just like that kid that this would trigger like he's like, I, I better be nice to that guy. He's like, like he, I don't know why. I felt I know exactly what you're talking about. It was some sort of empowering voice that I felt more comfortable. Yeah, you know? I do it all the time when I complain because I get too nervous. I don't like to argue with people. In my, so... 
Another one that I find really helps is I'll do a really old woman because people aren't as rude to old people. You see, oh, that's it, smart. It, you old do people that really always sound too. frightened, you know. So yeah. if I have to like change a <laughs> flight, I'll be like, I don't understand. It's very important that I change this right away. And if you just sound like trembling, like you're in the last rattles before death, people are such a dick if they don't help you, you know. So but could you please just explain it to me? Don't put me on the hold again. It's very frightening. And then they'll do it. You'll usually get what you want. That's you know? really funny. People always like to think that they're kind to old people. Yeah, you know? yeah. So they, they want to be nice to you. But people actually believe that voice. <laughs> I mean, no, I guess just watching I'm you do it. I'm very confused, I, I, and I, I don't understand. I just want to change the flight without the fee. I can't afford that fee. Please. Uh, while you're saying it, I'm trying to be quiet, trying to picture it in my head. If I could picture it without you, do, you know, a young, yeah. pretty girl saying it, um, that's the problem I'm having right now. But when I listen back in my headset, I'll probably be like, oh, Oh, no, that's perfect. I get it now. You know, like it's yeah. They always to... believe. I mean, they wouldn't think I'd be. So, you know, what kind of asshole would call up pretending to be old? You know, that uh, asshole is me. Yeah, but... <laughs> me too. Uh, <laughs> I, I just do it the different way. Now, if I uh, was to change this uh, flight, then you're saying uh, I would pretty much do the same, <laughs> but as a man. So, um, you know, it's funny. We were just talking about the the jokes. I I did the roller derby last week. You know, I danced the roller derby mm-hmm. and the the Central Jersey Roller Vixens. They lost again. Oh, poor dears. They never win. Um, It's really getting frustrating. So, um, you know, I bring a little sheet of paper that I'm going to say, you know, when there's downtime and timeouts, and the timeouts are long and boring, and, you know, I'm trying to keep the audience involved, so I have topics, just like I have on this show. And I go, let me ask everybody something. Let me ask everybody this uh, crowd something. Should we let Caitlyn Jenner play this game? And I thought that was a legitimate question. Right. Can you allow Caitlyn Jenner to play in an all-girl roller derby at mm-hmm. this point? Um, nobody laughed. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, you, people get nervous at everything. This is, you know, we right, know this, right? right? So uh, the girl I do it with, she gets it because I actually met her. The girl I announced with, her name is Veronica, and um, Ronnie B. Feisty is her uh, <laughs> stage uh, name. I'm Professor Rumbledore. <laughs> and I met her, ironically, before I knew anything about roller derby, uh, she was sitting in the front row of one of Doug Benson's podcasts that I was on at the Gramercy <laughs> Park Theater. I remember that one, yeah. Yeah, and she was there, and now we do this together, and then, then we realized who we each other were, so she gets comedy. Sure. So she gets the joke. The other girls in my derby get it now. I had some problems at first, but now they all think it's, you know, they get, oh, he's just being just guy, you know, whatever. Yeah. But the other team came over to me one of the girls and this happens every time they're like you know I didn't really appreciate your Caitlyn Jenner joke uh, because this is a transgender friendly uh, league and I'm like hey that that was no joke that was a serious question I was asking I, I don't see how that's a joke and she goes well, then I didn't like your date rape van joke. And I'm like, oh, that I apologize for. I, <laughs> you know, my, my minivan, I talk about it on the show. I think a lot, it's, everybody calls it the date rape van because it's weird for a single guy with a cat to have a minivan in the city. Sure. Um, I, you so know I just a- said it. I just said it. And then I realized it was like, a, it's kind of a family place. And I'm like, yeah, all right, that one, I, I messed up. I slipped. Sure. Uh, so I apologize for that one. But I'm not going to apologize for the Caitlyn Jenner <laughs> thing. It was a real good question. You know what I'm most impressed by about this whole story? What? Is that um, your material is up to date? I, usually, you are. You know, <laughs> yeah, usually I'm surprised all the jokes aren't you know the usual ones about you know um, sitcoms in the early '80s that no one remembers. No, no, I still do that. Or, or yeah, or that you weren't doing bombing with some sort of a very specific Michael uh, Caine Im- impression. Uh, wait, how was Michael Caine not up to? Wait, whoa, whoa, <laughs> what are you? Two weeks ago, before you were here, I did an entire episode on why Family Ties is the greatest show of all time, and how Alex, uh, how Michael J. Fox got Parkinson's disease, and how he, uh, my theory on how he uh, got it. I can only imagine how batshit crazy. That no, is. it's not that crazy, and I, I'll just say it really quickly again. When he was doing uh, Family Ties, he got Back to the Future. You know, and they wouldn't let him out of his family ties contract, so he had to do both. It's it's a it's a factual. I remember thing. that. Right, he had to work on the weekends and at night. After they finished family ties all day long at five o'clock, he'd go to the set of Back to the Future, work from five until seven the next morning, and then do family ties. Mm-hmm. I think he got overtired. He had a nervous breakdown. That's a fact, and he lost his father. I think somehow that caused. The Parkinson's at that point, the nervous breakdown and the non-sleep, and I think you that you don't catch Parkinson's like a cold. You know? Are that, you right? sure? I'm not sure. Right, how, I've developed. never known how dumb you he are. Developed, I can't figure it out. <laughs> but he, but we don't know where Parkinson's comes from, right? I mean, Muhammad Ali, we understand because I mean, a guy gets punched in the face that many times, something's going to happen, right? But why couldn't this be the reason? 
Nobody knows what it is, right? I mean, I think that's like the same feeling of like I saw this ad once for some sort of wrinkle cream, and then they had like an arrow pointing to each wrinkle, and it was like you know another catastrophe in that person's life, which is an interesting ad. I never forgot it, you know. Like that wrinkle is from you know my first divorce or whatever. This one's <laughs> from the you know it was like that. It was kind of ridiculous, but I think it's easy to connect something to some exterior event like that. But everybody goes through stress, et cetera. You know, I mean, otherwise we'd all just start bubbling with diseases whenever anything happened in our lives. Well, he had it, but he was working too hard. That's it wasn't a just term, stress. Bubbling with diseases. <laughs> <laughs> but he was working really overworking himself, and he had a nervous breakdown. I mean, you know. It, yeah, but do you catch Parkinson's? I'm like not that saying catching. I'm saying develop maybe. Mm-hmm. Like I, I it was know. collecting a like a stew a during that period. Uh, no, knows? I hear you. I mean, no. I mean maybe it was sub. You know, it was going to get it anyway, but maybe that pushed it along somehow. I don't know. It's a yeah. theory. It's a theory, and I love talking about Back to the Future and Michael J. Fox and Family Ties. And I told as you, you know, that. That's why I'm a Republican. <laughs> I told you that my mom walked in on me French kissing a Michael J. Fox poster. <laughs> I right? forgot. I couldn't remember who that was. That's so funny. Yeah, it was one of the most humiliating moments of my life. He, he had this jean jacket and he was holding up the I, collar. Oh, no, you know? I know that photo. You know that I know photo, it so right? well. I think it's from Teen Wolf. I think it might yeah. be, yeah. I thought it was like the sexiest thing I'd ever seen. I Frenched it regularly. It was understand. getting worn down around the mouth area because I had Frenched it every, every chance I got. It's weird that you know your obsession with Michael J. Fox was just like mine in many ways not I mean I didn't want to French kiss him but I was obsessed with him in the sense that when I went to college I used to wear a tie and a jacket and a suit (laughs) and a briefcase to school because I wanted to be like him but I wasn't smart enough I'd forgotten that one factor but I would dress up for class like he did because I thought maybe I'd do better in school you know if, uh, if I dressed up but um no no (laughs) <laughs> I loved that show too. It was, it was it was a cool idea for a plot, and I always felt comfortable with that family. You know how some families on TV, you just feel like I don't know if I'd really feel comfortable in their living room. I was comfortable with the their their family, and I wanted to like you know ask to talk in the kitchen. I wish that happened in my family. Like, yeah, this is how it uh, this is how it came up, but it's all sped up because they got it from. Uh... Hello. Uh, yes, yes. Can I tell who's calling? It's like chipmunk. Just a minute. Alex, is Stephanie Brooks for you? <laughs> Hello? Yeah, sure, I remember you. There wasn't any problem with the groceries, was there? Good. <laughs> uh, tonight? In person? Oh, I'd love to go. All right, I'll come by your place at 7 o'clock. Thanks again. Goodbye. Front row center. I can't believe it. Are you going to that Barry Manilow concert tonight? Oh, better. Better. Better than Barry Manilow? Who? Milton Friedman. <laughs> the reason I had that clip is because I went to see Barry Manilow like two weeks ago, mm-hmm. and I remembered this scene like where Mallory was like, better than Barry Manilow? And I remember thinking, I'm like, when it when I watched it live in 1982, going, you know, and I loved Barry Manilow, you know, but it was 82 already, and I'm like, wait. What 15-year-old saying better than Barry Manilow? Even yeah, 82. Who's yet. writing this episode? <laughs> you know, even, even three years later, he was, I mean, he was the king of the world at 79, Copacabana, uh-huh. three years later, it was over. And it was clear that to everybody was over. Who's still saying that? Yeah, you're right. It doesn't make sense. It, wouldn't, it doesn't match Mallory's character They at had all. those old writers. My brother's friends used to always call me Mallory because they, not because, because, uh, or they, they thought I was like a little slow or something. So they called me Mallory a lot. They'd be like, oh, Mallory doesn't understand. That was always their thing. They but you weren't like a shopper or anything like that. Yeah. You were, I mean, your childhood is so hot. I don't know. It's a <laughs> all those sexual games you would play with your friends. <laughs> it's unbelievable. We weren't humping all the time. We just had a humping side game we played. But Ugh. my childhood was a mess. I mean, my brother did really, I mean, my parents were really nice, but I'm just saying my brother was really, like my brother did really well in school and stuff and I was a terrible student. It's funny that your parents are delightful. They're very nice. They're lovely people. Um, it's funny that you were that, but then you, turned out fine it's just funny that your childhood was a bit of a mess well i was kind of a mess and i don't don't know if they really knew how to deal with me but just everybody was just constantly so uh disappointed by how badly i did in everything you know so like my grades were all d's and f's you know from when i was really young and i wish that there was this one thing that i did really well but i'd take piano lessons i wouldn't be good at that you know whatever the thing was i tried i just wildly failed at so it just seemed when i remembered it's just like so much failure and then going back to school every day this place that you're wildly failing all the time it sucked you felt like that too no i was a straight a uh (laughs) that's what we tell my nephew uh (laughs) you know he gets c's and d's or c's whatever 
and he's like, well, you don't want to end, the, the, my nieces go, you don't want to end up like Uncle David, do you? And, but he does. So it's where we didn't think we, you know, he kind of likes me, you know, they kind of worship me. So we're like, uh, I keep trying to say, like, look, hey, you should totally end up like me. It's awesome. You go to jail, you do a couple of things, you know, whatever. And he's like, she's like, don't tell him that. He worships you. And I'm like, I, I didn't, I Billy's really so thought the cute. reverse psychology would work. But I met you right after the time when you kind of were getting it together. I mean, you followed a musician to New York City, which is probably the last uh, thing you did where you realized, I got to stop all this and get a little more mature. Yeah. I mean, I so I probably met you right after that when yes. you were just Karen Burgreen, which what fun gave is that your number? And she said, you got to get on this guy's show. And then she said, he's hilarious. He's got one of the best show. Or he Me? Does, no, you've got to invite him. Sorry. She said, you've oh, got to call Dave Jesko and invite him. I was running some ridiculous show at a bar where we just bothered people with our comedies, like standing on a table or some bullshit. So um, she's like, you got to call this guy, David Jesko. He's a legend. He's hilarious. You're going to love him. Such a sweetheart, too. So then I called <laughs> you up. And I was so nervous and like formal because that's when everybody I met in comedy, I thought was like a big celebrity. I heard some tales about you, you know? Yeah. And so I was like, hi, I'm Rachel Feinstein. You go, oh, please, you got to change that name. It's a mess. <laughs> oh, that name is disgusting. I was right. <laughs> <laughs> Just was in like, case the Holocaust <laughs> happens again. You're not worried? And I was like, would you be interested in doing my comedy show sometime? You go, no. Who gave you this? Absolutely <laughs> not. Look, kid. And then it was like some 50s voice all of a sudden. You're like, Look, kid, you're not going anywhere in this business. <laughs> and I'm not lying to you. I know oh. the truth. I know who goes places and I know who doesn't. <laughs> Change that name. I wish I could tell that that story was completely inaccurate, but unfortunately, (laughs) it is the way we met. Do you remember it at all? I I totally remember. I remember. (laughs) And everything you say, I can totally remember. I mean, I know I would say that to this day. Who gave you this number? Why would you ever think I would want to do a show like that? You know where I play? Caroline's. The Palace. That's where I play. You think I want to play some shit bar over there in uh, Jersey City? (laughs) And you and tell were such a funny combination, you know, because he would come to my bar with you and he was he was always sweet. He'd leave some huge tip, but then he would be looking down and you never know whether he was wanted to talk to you or not. And then he had this other, you know, you, who was completely opposite. You know, you were just really loud and really obnoxious what? to everyone in your path. <laughs> and you'd say the most insane things all the time, you know. You were a funny duo. You never seemed to really be listening to each other at any <laughs> moment, you know, but you did everything together, you yeah. know. But you were always just like Chris. Everything you said didn't match the thing that he said to you. You know, people used to think we were brothers for the longest Did time. They really? Yeah, in 1988 when we were at the Improv together, people totally thought we were brothers, and they'd mix us up. <laughs> and I remember because um, who's the one that had uh, Brett? Um, for she had her own show on ABC. Brett Butler. Yeah, Brett Butler used to mess us up all the time, <laughs> and I probably got a lot of work because people thought I was a tell. Right. Uh, you know, they're like, well, if Dave says you're funny, you're probably pretty good, you know. And, uh, Zoe Friedman was the only one who knew we weren't brothers, you know, I don't know, but everybody used to Oh, mess but you us just up. went with that. Didn't you have didn't, didn't you have fake names? I, like, I wouldn't have a problem. Wasn't David being... tell Bobby St. Valentine? No, he was Bobby St. Petersburg. <laughs> I, I was Nick Springs. Uh, Such dumb names. <laughs> I've uh I've just taken that sometimes because uh, it's so brilliant. Bobby St. Petersburg is the best name. It's ever. the best name <laughs> ever. Mine so was ridiculous. just stolen from I think a Bill Murray Saturday Night Live sketch. I mean, he, he <laughs> Bobby St. Petersburg is the funniest name of all time. And um, Bobby is a foolish name. It's a silly name. It sounds like the name that like somebody that's trying to acclimate to like American society would use. You well, know? not knowing it's not, it doesn't m- mean anything cool anymore. My friend Mitch used to say the stupidest name was Jimmy. And now it's kind of funny that Jimmy is so part of our culture. He used to just say that was a stupid name, Jimmy. Yeah, Jimmy. I don't have a problem with Jimmy. Well, yeah. now you don't. I mean, now there's Back too the many day, Jimmys. But name, he said yeah. that about 15 years ago. He just said Jimmy was a stupid name. And the Family Guy, they have an episode where they're trying to get into um, Peter's uh, father-in-law safe. Mm-hmm. And the question to get into the safe is, what is the stupidest male name on the planet? <laughs> and, and, and he just goes, Keith. And it opens. <laughs> That's amazing. That's a really fun game. Fake names are so fun. Yeah. Um, you know, at the beginning, I played the Bill Cosby thing. That's him in 1991 talking about Spanish Fly, which was something I used to talk about in his album all the time. And Spanish Fly, I know from this movie with Tom Cruise, like his first movie called Losing It, where the guy from the Bad News Bears is trying to get this Spanish Fly, which is this mythical drug that was supposed to make girls really loose and feel sexual and stuff and he was talking about talking about it and talking and now it's completely creepy him talking about it 
So apparently, you know, he admitted that he gave he drugged women. Uh, he is admitted. So what what do you think of all this? I mean, he's a serial rapist. He is right. I mean, there's no, there's no, there's nothing about it saying. We, can we jump on that and just say he's he's a pig? Yeah, he's definitely a serial. He's not just a pig. He should be in prison. It's insane that he's not. He's just ser- He's maybe like one of the busiest serial rapists. That ever. reminds me. I have uh, here's something. I just uh, got this yesterday. Um, film is directed by Alan Parker. It's called Angel Heart. And this is Lisa Bonet on the Letterman Show in 1987 or eight when Angel Heart came out, one of my favorite movies, and she's talking mm-hmm. about it. And it stars um, Mickey Rourke and Robert De Niro. Yeah, and what is your part in this? I play um, a, a field worker who lives in New Orleans, and Mickey Rourke um, is hired by uh, Robert De Niro to find this guy who turned out to be um, my father. We're going to need some more detail on this film. Uh, and, uh, and, uh, oh, gosh. Um, and, uh, are you appear nude in the film? Yeah. You do? Mm-hmm. Now, is, is, is that all, is that all right, do you think, to be doing that? I thought it was okay. Yeah. And, and what about, what will Cosby say when he finds out about this? Um... I don't know. He's already. I asked him before. I told him that I was going to do this film, and it, you know, had a little nudity in it. Uh-huh. What did he say? He said he was very good. He said, you know, well, I know that this is just a job, and you know, it is a Cosby show. Yeah. We know what Cosby spells backwards. So. What does it, what does it spell backwards? <laughs> King of I don't know. It's just. That's a conundrum. <laughs> That's a conundrum. Uh, that's it. It's a stupid uh, clip. But the point of the story being that not only is she nude. I mean, it's a. I don't know if you've seen the movie. It's a really, mm-hmm. really good movie when Mickey Rourke was great looking and Robert De Niro's in it and great twist. Really entertaining. Alan Parker is one of my favorite directors. He directed Fame and uh, Midnight Express. He's, he's interesting because he does a lot of different kinds of movies, you know, musicals and thrillers and uh, the commitments, and, you know, whatever. And uh, he was really interesting. I don't know what happened to him. He hasn't done anything, I think, in a while. But um, mm. she, that she's, I mean, not only is she nude, I mean, her, I mean, she must have been eighteen. It, Mickey Rourke has explicit sex with her, and then she's covered in chicken blood, naked. And did you see Gone Girl? No, I just saw it Monday for the first time, and there's mm. an explicit scene just like that in the movie. Huh. So, okay, you can see where Cosby would be mad at this. It does perhaps ruin his brand of whatever it was. Now, it just makes you angry that this two-faced douchebag was so angry at her that he kicked her off the show. You know, and he, Did he, and he kick her off banished her to a different world, which uh, later in the Letterman clip, they say, like, why did, you, why did you leave this money train? She goes, I was asked to. Wow. So they put her in a different show, and then she was kicked off of that show, you know, after a year, and then was able to come back to Cosby years later. But she got screwed because she was very outspoken on what a dick Cosby is. Yeah, he's such a hypocrite. Uh, such a hypocrite. Now we know for sure he was. In a way, I was trying to understand. I'm like, well, it's a family show. She's doing this crazy movie. I know that's supposed to be. He's even, you know, it knows he's an actress and stuff. But I mean, it was a really explicit scene. Um, yeah, it's like one, it's like a scene where you're not even sure why it's in the movie, but um, drugging and raping women, and then when they would wake up yeah. confused and scared, he would like shame them and threaten them. I mean, he's terrifying, terrifying. Yeah, we don't even know the half of it yet, you oh, know, no because way. the women are still still afraid. They're still afraid of the Cosby Empire to yeah. really tell us everything. Now, um, I just read, and this is interesting. Kate Walsh, did you hear about this? No. When she was on, apparently she was cast on The Cosby Show years ago, uh-huh. and I think she's really attractive. Okay. Um, I sat through eight episodes of Bad Judge. That That's has how much. everything to do with this. Go ahead. You're right. Uh, <laughs> it, it, you're right. It has nothing to do with that. <laughs> well, no, she's attractive, so I get it. So he was completely hitting on her. I don't know how old she was, maybe 18, 19, mm-hmm. um, saying he could help her career, do the thing, and then when she was like, I, I don't want to have sex with you, he like was completely mean and nasty to her and whatever she, she you can read the story and you know he was just like he is and i think trying to drug her and everything and she got um i think she might have left the show or was fired i think she was fired because she wouldn't have sex with him and then they replaced wow. her with somebody else of course so yeah. this has been going on i think i've heard since the 60s and i uh, what also offended me was that he he all 
he would always say his common thing to say back to all the women in their 60s that are coming out like to tell these early stories of being raped like they have no reason to want to do this he would say they want their moment in the limelight which I think is such a hilariously (laughs) offensive way to describe someone telling their personal rape story to get some kind of closure like as if like that's going to be their big break. That's the reason why they didn't come forward. You right, know? but it's that's like very they're... smart of him to do. I mean, you got to take the shot and just you know he didn't yeah, he know it was going to be a whirlwind. Moment, they want their moment in the limelight, as if they're going to be like, I know just the thing that'll put me in the pictures. <laughs> and I'll say I was raped, the golden rape ticket. Yes, because that's what gets you into Hollywood. Just talking about your personal story of being brutally raped. Of course, yes. I mean, well, it's so offensive. Yeah, I mean that's what happened to uh, Roman Polanski. That's why they didn't come forward because he was well known because they didn't want it to affect their road to success maybe and also because of the shame and humiliation or whatever cocktail of issues other cocktail of issues comes along with being victim of that crime but the idea that um, it was it was because uh, they wanted to become successful that would be the thing that would be hardest to do because he was successful that's why they didn't want to come sure no it would affect your career Kate Walsh is lucky that she was able to move on um you know, I always do think of Roman Polanski. You know, he, I, you know, I guess he raped that girl. I mean, it's it's a fact. Thirteen year old. Uh, it's thirteen, but you know, I always think I say, no, no, it's consensual. Like I'm a man. I confused. I, you know, they, she's with Jack Nicholson. It maybe, I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm sure. I mean, I'm, I don't think it was rape, but it's rape because it doesn't matter if it's consensual because it's a fucking thirteen year old, right? So it's rape. It's a child. So man. she's been saying all along she she didn't even i don't even think she wanted to report it i think her parents reported or whatever and she just wants it to go away and they won't let it die like she wants them to be back in the country and just relax about this of course then she put out a book last year you know saying i just i really just want to forgive him i i don't want any trouble anymore i mean it's been going on too long but it's not really even i mean it, there's her own personal story with it and then separately it's like well he is a predator yeah. somebody that's gonna so then you know the law kind of has their own issues to deal with him aside from her but it sucks for her because it's become this story of her life she didn't want that to be the story I know I feel bad for her yeah her life, oh all these know? years I mean that's since I think the 60s too right or the yeah. early 70s I mean this poor guy I mean uh, this girl rather I mean yeah her whole life has been a mess she hasn't been able to get any work that's the narrative now of her life which is really sad I mean I guess that's why they protect rape victims identities because they don't want people to have to go through that and then which is why these girls are kind of great Extra coming forward now right right very brave because they just want to stop this and also i'm sure they feel some comfort because you know and when something that horrific happens to you the it seems like the mind naturally corrects it somehow like well maybe it was something i did or something so to find out it was so many more people it must feel you know and to find a community of people like that it must be somewhat helpful i don't know whether i ever told you this and i guess i'll just bring it up um yeah i was dating a girl and she was raped um this is since I've known you. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to get very angry. She used to go, you know, to bars by herself sometimes because she was a photographer. I've, I've talked about her on the show sometimes, but I never told the story. And she was in the Hamptons, and she got raped by this albino guy because um, she was roofied at this bar. Mm-hmm. And then she was she, you know, remembers certain things. Remembers it was an albino guy. Remembers he used iodine on her vagina, uh, you know, in a rubber, and then bought her back somewhere whatever she can picture things but it was all blurry and then four days later she was in a hotel cowering you know that she did this happen what did I do to provoke it just like you're talking about went to the police in the Hamptons four days later you know because you you can't process it this is something I didn't know until she explained this to me I couldn't understand why a woman wouldn't immediately go I get it now and it's completely interesting and devastating and uh, she went to the cops and they laughed in her face. It was a woman cop because I think they hear this all the time and she was at the bar by herself and I think they're just like, what's the matter with you? You know, like I, I, I they think they, they the are matter. blaming. I hear a lot of stories like that. Yeah, I yeah. I, I was shocked. That, that happened to and she went to the cops, which she said was almost as traumatizing as the experience itself because they treated her like she was crazy. This is in the 2000s, you know? I mean, it's like I, I, I thought it's, yeah, they. I, I couldn't believe it. I, I hear that story a, a, woman a lot. Cop. You want them all a to woman be. Cop. I know you want them all to be like Mariska Hargitay's character on Law and Order. <laughs> of course, you know, like lo, like listening and kind. And or uh, you know, Castle. But um, I, I feel like they're not. A lot of them aren't properly trained to handle anything in their. And they or the or it's like scary. House, where they just you know the show yeah. where you know the premise of that. I've never even seen one episode. You know, the premise is a guy that hates his patients because he just all thinks they're lying, and yeah. I guess. 
these cops just see so much lies that the truths at this point they just don't take seriously Which because is there sad are because the numbers with rape yes there might be some but there might be women that occasionally make something up for some reason but the numbers are are the opposite oh of they, course right that, mo- that most women never report it and you know and it, like there's something very low like i think it's like one four or something even go reported at all and so and when they do they they usually become so tired by those steps of the system that they give up and the person's never held accountable i was furious at her for not telling me earlier she told me a month later and i was really furious because i just yeah. didn't understand um you know now i'll be more respectful if that were to happen hopefully it never will but uh, I just didn't get it, and it was a fascinating story in many ways. I'm glad she wasn't hurt, but I was just so angry for one, number one not telling me, number two, how many times did I tell her not to go to those bars in some place you don't know by yourself? Um, I, I know that's just being sexist, perhaps, but I mean this happens, you know. For you know, so then you know the the worst fears are you know you're I'm I'm acting like her old man instead of her boyfriend, but. You yeah. know, then it happened. So it, you know, and I'm always. I used to tell Sarah and her roommate Beth Tapper all the time when they lived on Eighth Street. I, I was furious. They moved into this apartment, you know, uh, in this dump of the East Village at the, in that time. You know, yeah. that 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 building that blew up. It turns out now, you know, the one downtown. Mm-hmm. Um, I was so angry that they were living. I was so nervous. You know, I was acting like their father. They're like they're acting like our father, and I'm like, I I can't help it. <laughs> You know, you just hear, I, I read the papers every day. I hear too much bad stuff. You know, it turns out that the woman who I made fun of on this show took a selfie near the buildings that blew up. Yeah, yeah, I remember Did that. Did you hear about I this? I remember that, yeah. She just was announced that she is the, I have it right here. They just announced that woman, that the idiot, her I even mentioned her name, Christina Freundlich, <laughs> um, is now... <coughs> The spokesperson for the Democratic National Committee. No way. Yeah. I don't know how they could do that. She, The Post ran the story, headlined Village Idiots. I remember I told the story because I was furious. I'm like, these girls come out of town. I I, I mean, I should have played the part where I said all this. So and now they elected her the director for the, the, the part. I mean, I, I just, who would do that? That's really. This is today's paper. It's so confusing. Let alone. It is the Post, though, so could it all be lies? <laughs> yeah, I know, but I mean, it no, can't, it's got to be, be true, I guess. Look, you hear about this, the, uh, the breaking news that happened yesterday. Breaking news. <laughs> uh, Jared from Subway Sandwiches. You heard about that? Yeah, he got caught crazy. with the kitty porn. I don't think he got caught with... It was um, a guy that worked for him. The guy that worked for him, but apparently but do you think that Jared, they were like sharing, like he knew, like he was facilitating? Yes. I think he knew because Jared apparently was a huge porn distributor when he was in college. That's no. how he made money. So, so people would come know. to his house. So yeah, I think he probably knew. But I don't think he is into kitty porn or anything, but I think he... I don't know. You know, when you distribute porn and that's your business, maybe you... do. You, are you one of those people that draws the line or... I don't know. You know, I guess we'll find out in the coming times, but Subway's already got rid of his contract. And uh, it's sad because you know what? It used to make me happy when I would see him 15 years later as the spokesperson for Subway. I'm like, how about this guy? Yeah, you know, and and now, eh, how did they all end like this? I know, all with Every good story keeps ending with kitty porn. That makes no sense whatsoever. (laughs) <laughs> um, moving on from uh, kitty porn, but something as uh, hilarious. Did you hear about this? <laughs> Do you know what I'm playing? Uh, a roller coaster in Coney Island. No, it's uh, Paris Hilton on the plane. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I did hear that. That is, uh, you know, for those of you who are, I don't know, living on Mars, I guess, I don't know, like, uh, there was a practical joke show in Egypt, you know, uh, already I'm angry, what are you doing in Egypt anyway, you joke, you know, you, you, you know, like, um, she was there for a, a opening, opening for a hotel in Dubai, you know what, serves you right. Anti-Semite, you know, whatever. <laughs> so, uh, she's on this show, she doesn't know she's on a show, she's with the host of the show on a plane ride, and. They're playing a practical joke on it. Everybody's in on it, and there's a stunt flyer, and she thinks she's going to die. It's the worst practical joke of all time. I mean, this... I'm surprised it's not illegal. I'm confused. Uh, well, it's in Egypt, so what are you going to do, you oh, know? Oh, you're right. So, you know, yeah, it should be... If 
I think she's suing the guy now. Um, a lot of people say she's in on it. Uh, oh. When yeah, but you know what? Uh, when you hear right, this, like it's a good publicity. She's. Sign. I know. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry about this. I said I didn't want to go on that plane. Is that guy okay? Yes. 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 Is the guy okay? They. I gotta say, it's a really good prank. <laughs> like, it makes me laugh knowing it's a prank now. I feel sorry for her. I really do. And for a guy to make somebody feel sorry for Paris Hilton, this guy has got to be the biggest dick in the face of the earth that yeah. he was able to turn the tables. But it's really funny because first the plane goes down and the guy's dressed like Borat, you know, he's with the glasses and he knows he's doing a bit. And as soon as the plane gets in trouble he throws water on her face like just like he's pretending that it's spilled and it makes me laugh wait why does he throw the water he's carrying a bottle of water and just because the plane is shaking he's pretending that the water goes in her face like he accidentally spilled it oh my god why is this guy so angry i don't know so then they open the back of the plane and this guy jumps out like she thinks they're evacuating and he jumps out of the plane so then when she's saying that she goes is that guy okay so he makes so i'm telling you if she's in on it that's good acting. Yeah. There's no way she's that good an actress. That's very good acting. The way she felt for yeah. that guy, even mentioned him at the be. Is that guy okay? And she's crying. I mean, yeah. she's better than half of the actresses I've seen. She's better than Scarlett Johansson, who I always make fun of. If that, if she's not in it, I don't think she's in on it. I just because they said they offered her a million dollars. Well, what does she need a million dollars for? I mean, yeah, I, I, I don't think she was in on it. I think, but I tell you, she. She's really good sport. Like, even after she's crying and stuff, she's like, I'm going to kill you. This is better than punked. I mean, this is really good. <laughs> she's praising the guy on the genius of the thing with, at the two minutes after it happened. It's very I'm very impressed, but I don't think she was in on it. What do you think? Um, I don't actually, I heard the story and I, I mean, I read about it, but I didn't watch the actual video. Oh, so you didn't watch it? Yeah. You gotta yeah, see it. Because it's... I'm so scared to fly. I fly all the time. Me too. There's always one point and I fly constantly for work, but there's always one point during every flight where I like say goodbye to everyone I love. I like, you know, like I'm just sure it's all done. You know, it's really crazy. There's always one point of sheer terror. On oh, listen, flight. uh, the reason why I don't travel, the reason why I probably couldn't become a comedian is because I, I can't fly. I can't, you know, it's, it's not awful. for me. Um, you know, I drove back from Orlando. I thought that was a better plan, you know, in May. Uh, yeah. Um, I get very nervous during turbulence. I found a good way to remedy it, and it's called Xanax, and that has been changed Xanax my is entire... Xanax I got to try to get more of it, because I, I took it once I a long time ago. I only get it for flights. That's only, only when I need it. I need it. it so bad. And when I go to L.A., what I do is I wait, and I, I don't mind taking off so much, even though that's when most of the accidents happen. Yeah. So if I can get through that, I figure I'm okay. And... Um, once we get to cruising altitude because it's such a long flight, that's why I'll pop the Xanax. And I usually, you know, I stay up all night, so I usually am totally asleep. Right. Um, th- it's the turbulence over, like, Kansas City that always makes me very nervous that there's still five hours left. And, you know, yeah. why is there turbulence? And what is causing it? And I'm not in control. I try to look at everybody's expressions in the flight. I, I do try that, to too. figure out whether they're terrified. And I look at the stewardesses and if they have expression of any alarm, oh my God, I'm I do sure that my too. life is over. You do I that do that, too. I absolutely do that. I count on them. Yeah, that's why it's really upsetting if they look scared or if, some, or if they have a weird expression. Yeah, I Sometimes remember, they might just be thinking about some other private event in their life. So it's really hard to read expressions. Well, I like remember that. one time seeing a stewardess go to another stewardess like, ugh. You know, like that. Yeah, that's like, all you need. Oh, and then you're like, know, it's done. Yeah. It's a wrap. They're probably yeah. told to make sure they keep a game face on during yeah. turbulence because I, other people must do it too. You think we're the only two? I mean, yeah. I've totally done that. I totally get you. Yeah. Um, that's so funny that you do that too. Yeah, so I don't like it. And she says, this is my worst fear because I fly every day. And that's yeah. my worst fear to die in a plane crash. And you can't blame her because when you have that much money and you're so successful, the last thing you want to do is die in a damn plane crash. That'll suck. I know. The only you know, thing better about die, dying in yeah. a plane crash than a car crash is that if you die in a crane, plane crash, you're definitely going to die. You won't be, like, mangled for right, the rest of your right. life. That's the only consolation. No, I'd be but... mangled. God hates me. I'm you mean you'd sure. get out and you'd be mangled? I, I don't think I'd be mangled. I think I would just survive like Bruce Willis in that movie. I just think – I don't know why. I just yeah. know it. God's not killing me for a reason. There's a problem. Listen, you know I died and I came back. I can't die. Remember I got oh, run over by a car? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I can't – nobody – I'm can't not – there's right. nothing – you know, you've seen the way I eat, too. <laughs> just, I don't know, you know. I'm <laughs> just going to live this miserable existence until I finally die. I, did you see that woman that celebrated her 116th birthday yesterday? She was so cute. She lives in Brooklyn. She was adorable, but you were like, why are you propping her up? You know, like, it's, her face looked like it was like, 
like not a face. It was you know? sliding off. Yeah. Yeah. But she was sort of lovely too. I oh, of course. But um, oh, I just felt bad. These people are like. So she's probably just like get out. Yeah. <laughs> get out of my face. She's the oldest woman she still, on like, the planet. Eat pie or enjoy anything? She said anything? that she loves cake. Oh, she has cake. She was That's born sweet. in 1899. That's so insane. Wow, I want to see a picture of her. I don't. It's creepy. I remember thinking that her face was a little um. Like it looked like, yeah, yeah, it was about done. It just looked like a face that was quitting. Yeah. Well, they have a comic book called The Question. It's one of my favorites until they made it a lesbian woman. I'm sorry, everybody. I'm not being sexy. I just like when it's a man. I like when my superheroes are men. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. (laughs) So it was this cool guy, and he was really interesting, and he had this mask. He was, you know, in Tibetan, you know, uh, that's how he was taught, you know, kind of like Batman in a way. Mm -hmm. And um, (laughs) he had this mask that puts a blank face on him. Mm-hmm. And then he's able to fight crime somehow, and he. But he's he's really cool. And sure. um, then this girl Renee Montoya took over, who's in Gotham, the show uh-huh. Gotham, and she's a lesbian. And now she takes over the mask, and I just don't like. It. I still buy the comic, but no, I'm sorry. You just want to put yourself in the position. Exactly, that's person. the thing, you know. And I always want right. to kind of like maybe I could play the question, you know, like because he's got a blank face, so <laughs> then nobody will know, you know. Like I'm, <laughs> my no, secret identity you. is biotic I have a black woman face. was suddenly a guy. I wouldn't be able to get into it. I loved biotic woman my whole life. I wanted to be her and do you know and be well the bionic woman was a guy at first it was the six million dollar man he was my hero oh wait he wait, was my hero true? yeah because i talked about it on the show only because i used that as an example remember when i told you the girl with, from dog with a blog tweeted mm-hmm. me yeah. and i couldn't have been more thrilled <laughs> she's <laughs> yeah. 16 you know like and she like retweeted one of my tweets and i'm like she noticed me she noticed me you know like i have a little crush on her you <laughs> know so even sick. i know she's 16 whatever and i like the show and so I was thinking the equivalent of that is if there was tweeting back in the 70s, it would be like Lee Majors, you know, tweeting like, thanks for liking the show, you know, like, and he's like, he knows my name. He knows I exist. It's Lee Majors. He's the $6 million man. And the Bionic Woman was a spinoff of the $6 million man. But right. the Bionic Woman, I love, I still watch those shows they're on recently on this cozy network. They were and, on Saturday mornings when I was a kid. They were like old repeats. Oh, yeah, yeah. She was really pretty in a very cool. strange way. Mm-hmm. And I really found her attractive. And I'm positive. I know I masturbated to her once. Sure. Um, you know, I was thinking the other day, you know how, like, I always said my career would probably, or everybody says my, you know, since I was the guy in high school, it was like, oh, this guy's going to make it, this guy's going to make it. It's like Dan Vitale's joke, but you end up in gay porn. Sure. You know, right? And yeah. it's pretty much where I'm headed. Well, then I was thinking the other day, nobody ends up in gay porn anymore. You know, you don't end up there. No. I think all the porn I've seen, it seems like they really want to be there. <laughs> and not gay porn, even just regular porn. Certainly seems to me like the girls are very happy to be there. I don't well, think you I end mean, up in gay porn anymore. And quite frankly, I don't think I can end up in gay porn anymore. I think I'm too. I don't think anybody wants to see me uh, have gay porn. Well, why don't you make this a message to the people? Is anyone interested in having uh, Davy Juskow as the star of their porn? He has a fun-loving attitude. He's a zest for life. I mean, he's a very combative uh, guy. He does have. Um, he goes into rages occasionally, but um, <laughs> I think I think you're generally a fun-loving man. So you think I should pursue this? I think. Not, I'm not saying you should pursue this. I don't want to end saying, up I'm in gay porn. I want to just pursue this. But because <laughs> you know, I don't want to end up there. I want it to be something I really want to do. Right. You know. Yeah. I mean, I always knew it was going to end up that way anyway. But you have enough issues. I will say this. Um, yeah. You have enough issues to, to that find my story could in. be absolutely yeah, yeah. and I'll enough confusion around and you know it. Dan mystery Vi- around your sexuality. You Dan Vi- totally. Cloud orbiting <laughs> it's around true. It. Dan Vi- right. I mean, this show. Anybody listening to the show knows this show is about football and musical theater. <laughs> what does that mean? Your guess is as good as mine. <laughs> but you know, sometimes I like the ladies. <laughs> And then sometimes I have a crush on Michael J. Fox, just like you did. I don't know. You know, I mean, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? What am I going to do? I'm just a man. So I like Lee Majors. Well, because uh, you know what? The guy was lifting shit over his head. He was unbelievable. I, mean, I just wanted to be Lee Majors. Is that bad? He was a man's man. I understand. He was exciting. Yeah. Was exciting. To it. Yeah. it was ridiculous. I'll never forget. Remember, you know, that, you know, my father and I didn't get along. I'll never forget. <laughs> we went out to the Catskills for like something. I don't know. They had the, my parents had this bridge group that they loved so much and we'd travel with them. <laughs> And we went, and it was before VCRs, obviously. We went on a Friday night, the opening night of The Six Million Dollar Man, which right. I was so giddy about, like jumping up and down, that there's going to be this brand new show that I'm going to worship, a bionic man who's going to just do so much fucked up shit that this is going to be the greatest show of all time. A guy that can run 60 miles an hour, 
You know, I mean, yeah. this is so good. And we had to go somewhere the first Friday night it was on. And I was devastated. And and so, but my dad's such a dick. When we were in the hotel, the kids had to go do something. He stayed and watched The Six Million Dollar Man. That motherfucker. I was oh furious. Oh, my God. Amazing. So I came back. He's like, no, you got to go. And I'm like, but that is The Six Million Dollar So he came back. And I'm like, well, how was it? How was it? What happened? What happened? And he goes, it was unbelievable. <laughs> I'm like, what? What happened? What happened? Because... He starts he starts lifting up this fence so this like this rock so this girl could go through and I'm like, Oh my god, that's it and he goes and so and the girl goes, How did you do that? And he goes, Uh, vitamins and I'm like, Oh Oh my god, he did not Oh my god I can't believe I missed that Oh, do you think they'll ever repeat it? No, I don't think so. I think it's a one time thing. Pictured you having this conversation with your dad and Well, I was thirty. Yeah. Oh dear. <laughs> I want no, to be Jamie Summers so bad. I wanted my hair to be blonde, and I put a oh, piece of yellow so yarn cool. over my head. I had this wild Jufro, so I just put a piece of yellow. I yarn love over that my yellow head. yarn story. I've heard you say that before. I, I, I mean, what I? Why did I think that was a successful ruse? I'm not so sure. I really thought I was pulling the wool over everybody's eyes. One piece of string, tang, like just draped over my head. It looked so strange and foul and confusing. But I really thought, like, that's it. I'm a blonde now. Nobody will ever know with this one dumb piece of yarn on my dumb head. Do you have any pictures of that? I've no, heard that story before, and I wonder if you but have I any I wouldn't photos. leave my house without the yarn for a while, so I'm surprised there aren't there. <laughs> yeah. I'd be like, I can't go. I don't have my yarn on my head. You know who would like that story? My cat. <laughs> I just realized I have to go to my spot now. You have to go I'm now? Really, oh, yeah. it's 745. Oh, boy. I mean, I feel like we had a great time, we though. We did have we a had, good we time. We covered a lot of serious terrain, but I think that's I like okay. Being serious. Sometimes that's part of life, you know? Rachel, thank you so much for coming. Let, let me give you some end music. I'll give you this. Uh, let's see, where's my disco? Too theme? short. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> I just want to thank Rachel Feinstein for coming out tonight. She's going to be unbelievable. <laughs> Rachel Feinstein, July 30th through August 1st, the American Comedy Company in San Diego. August 28th through the 30th, uh, she'll be doing the Oddball Comedy Festival with Amy Schumer, Aziz Ansari, Kansas City, Illinois, and Michigan. You can see her everywhere. And coming up on Amazon... Red Oaks, a Jewish country club where Rachel Feinstein belongs. <laughs> and what else you got going? Anything I didn't mention? Um, I know you're going to be at the stand tonight, but that'll be before. Oh, taping soon, a new hour special. An hour special, yeah. Yeah. That's great. It's going all great. Thank you so much for doing the show. Thanks I know you're in town a lot me, uh, now, so it makes me happy because I hope you can do it some more. Thank you so much. All right. Steve. It was well, so fun. All right. We'll see you next time. All right, everybody. We're back. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> Rachel Feinstein, everybody. Isn't she great? Yeah, she had to leave. She got a spot. I used to get angry at her all the time when she had a spot because, it was, you know, it ruins my good time. But now I uh, let it go because I'm a gentleman and uh, more mature. I walked her down to a cab. She really did look gorgeous today. Wearing a little black dress. Looked very pretty. So, it, you know, it always looks good when I'm coming out of the building with her. Well, actually, it just looks like, uh, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> What's up, everyone? Yeah. <clears throat> and now, uh, you know, I came back up and my cat is joining me. Now, you know, now that apparently that whore is gone, now uh, Selena's allowed to come up here and take the chair and take the mic. So, uh, yeah, I just wanted to, you know, I figure, uh, you know, sure, could I, could I make the show 50 minutes? Sure, sure I could. Sure I could. Why would I want to do that? Well, I want to deprive the people of an hour-long show because I got so much to say that might not be, uh, nobody will care next week. Maybe they will. Anyway, um, I just wanted to talk about uh, Jason Pierre-Paul and the fireworks, you know. You heard about this. This guy, you know, because you know, we've been talking about the last two weeks. I had an abundance of fireworks. You know, I had, I, I, I got a picture of me in a van of fireworks, but I'm David Juskat. Nobody knows who I am. Nobody cares. If my hands blow up. It really doesn't make a difference. I'm not a piano player. And uh, this guy was waiting on a $60 million contract, and he made this horrible mistake of just being a complete douche. And the Giants have now pulled the $60 million contract off the table because he blew himself up with fireworks. Now, on the 4th of July, I 
you know, we got some fireworks from South Carolina when I was coming up, so my brother-in-law had some, and he was blowing Roman candles out of his hands, which was really funny. Because I was telling my niece to do the Harry Potter thing, you know, with Experiandus, or whatever it is, where you're shooting the stuff, and it was really fun, and I couldn't believe he was doing it with his hands, but then she did it, and nobody really cares, but they're not waiting on $60 million contracts because of your hands, and you know what I'm saying? And just your stupidness and your Plexico Burris shooting yourself in the foot nonsense. $60 million. Because this jerk-off had to get a U-Haul van full of fireworks. A U-Haul van. He had to rent a van to get all the fireworks he wanted to do. Now, you know I love fireworks. So how can I condone this? Am I Bill Cosby? Am I being two-faced? But it's great. Cause so then a woman tweeted the picture of the van that was outside her house. This woman who lives next door, Jason Pierre-Paul, rented out a whole U-Haul van full of fireworks, and I'm currently scared for my house's safety. Because if you look at the picture, it looks like there's a bunch of explosives in there. If you didn't know it was the guy who, you know, is on the Giants, you'd think it was a terrorist attack for sure. But what a dick. And speaking of dicks, this, uh, I don't really care to talk about the Knicks, but this pick of a porgy... Porgus, Porzingis. Oh, it's classic. With the fourth pick in the 2015 NBA draft, the New York Knicks select Kristaps Porzingis from Leopaya, Latvia. He last played for Sevilla in Spain. stupid pick guy's an idiot I don't care what anybody says who gives a shit the Knicks suck Carmelo Carmelo Anthony sucks I can't stand the Knicks I don't care I don't care for their owner I don't care for the nonsense and quite frankly I don't care for Phil Jackson because you know what I've been doing some research and we all know the Phil Jackson technically legendary coach but is he I'm pretty sure I could coach a team with Michael Jordan on it to win. I don't even think I'm saying that ironically. With the little I know about basketball and its rules, I believe I could take the Chicago Bulls to win three in a row and beyond with Michael Jordan as my player. The year Michael Jordan retired they didn't make it to the finals. So that, you know, when Michael Jordan wasn't there, Phil Jackson didn't, couldn't get anything going. Duh. You know, they used to say he's the Zen master, you know, that he, you know, had all, you know, he just sit there and he was always quiet. Of course he's a Zen master. Of course he's a Zen master. Have you ever seen when he's losing? He's not the Zen master then. He had Michael Jordan. He knew. He was like, yeah, what, are, what am I going to worry about? What, are we not going to win? We're going to win eventually. And then who did he have in the Lakers? As a matter of fact, Jackson was fired because the owner of the Bulls was furious because he wasn't getting any credit for getting Michael Jackson. So him and Jackson hated each, uh, him and Jackson hated each other. This guy, Krause, uh, Jerry Krause. He felt under-recognized for building a championship team and believed that Jackson was indebted to him for giving him his first NBA coaching job. It's probably true. The guy sounds like a dick, but... So he fired him. And then he went to the Lakers, who had Shaquille O'Neal, who had just 
beaten the Bulls. They came up against the Bulls when he was with the Magic. And uh, so he's like, he knows Shaquille O'Neal's good. And, oh, I don't know, Kobe Bryant. So then you have these this power couple. What's he doing? Was he coaching? What's, what's he got to coach? What's he got to coach? And Kobe Bryant hated him because he's like, you're a horrible coach. Let me just do my thing. I hate Kobe Bryant. I like Shaquille O'Neal a lot because Shaquille O'Neal is the man. Because this guy, which LeBron hasn't been able to do yet, but he probably will. I mean, this guy, Shaquille O'Neal, he says, fuck Kobe Bryant, fuck Phil Jackson. I'm going to move and I'm going to go to Miami and give them a championship. Then he goes to Miami, gets them a championship, makes Dwayne, Dwayne Wade the, you know, more talented than he is and works it out. So what Phil Jackson do? Okay, now he's got no stars and he's a bag of shit. So are we learning a lesson that Phil Jackson might stink? I don't know. I don't like it. Poor, I'm going to call him Porgus. His name is Porzingis. I'm going to call him Por, Porkins. That's that fat guy in Star Wars. Uh, Red, Red 5, Porkins. Nobody knows that, except, uh, you know, you got to be a real nerd. Uh, the women's soccer team, just really quick. Uh, one, uh, apparently everybody cares except me. Um, I don't know. I didn't, you know. Mm. I, it's, eh. I watched women's tennis, uh, Wimbledon, yesterday because uh, Maria Sharapova was playing, and she's hot. And this other girl, Vander, whatever her name is, uh, who's complaining now that Maria did something weird and wasn't nice enough. I, I don't know, but because she beat her, and it was good. It was very fun. I like watching women's tennis. I like men's tennis sometimes. I like watching the way I like Marie Sharapova, obviously. Um, I find that interesting. Girls soccer, I just don't care. I, you know, I, I'm a, not a soccer guy. I like watching the World Cup when the men are playing. I don't care about the women. Uh, it's still a very exciting story. Um, it was very exciting that there's a girl from Jersey, Carly, something or other. I think I got her name. I don't know. Carly something. She's from Jersey. She got that hat trick. That was very impressive. Um, and you know what uh, the really interesting one was when England played Japan that Japan got to this is why it was ridiculous I should have bet that the USA was going to stomp all over Japan do you know how Japan got to the finals I don't know whether you heard or read about this they were playing England and they were in stoppage time and England this girl Laura Bassett she scored her own a goal for Japan by accident sent a kick of the ball into her own goalie's net and it counted and Japan won by default I mean that girl was devastated I mean she's a mess she'll never live that down I mean you feel bad for somebody like that that's the kind of shit that would happen to me for sure um, so that's how Japan got in so we put a, should have put all our money on the girls' soccer team that day because Japan clearly shouldn't have even been there. And the U.S. women, who's going to beat the U.S. women? They're like powerhouse. They're built like men. But, you know, congratulations to them. But the only reason why I'm saying this is uh, they want to have a ticker tape parade. And you know who who's saying it is the Manhattan Borough President, which you know I want to be. So there's Gail A. Brewer, who now I hate, is asking de Blasio for a ticker tape parade and and they're doing it Friday you know how I hate parades this has nothing against the women's soccer team good for them I don't want another parade that's why I thank God the Rangers didn't win I can't take another ticker tape parade they just you can't have any more parades here in Manhattan they stink there's just too much activity here have it in New Jersey. Although if the Devils won, that'd be... No, no, no. I don't even want that. If the Devils win, I swear to God. I, 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 do I want a, a parade in Newark? Ugh. Have it in Hoboken. That's a perfect place for a, a parade. You're going to have it in the middle of Manhattan. Did you hear the stock market crash today? Because there was a glitch in the programming, which I definitely think is some form. Of, ah, they're saying, oh, it's no big deal. It's no big deal. I don't know. 
I don't trust anything anymore. So now with that all nonsense, now you're going to have a ticket tape parade down there too? I don't know. Sounds like trouble to me. I'm just sick of parades in the city. I talk about it all the time. I really can't stand it. And just one last thing I want to talk about because I'm going to say another thing for next week. Uh, Stephen Metz from... Stephen Metz from the Mets. <laughs> Stephen Matz from the Mets? I can't... It's Matz from the Mets. He's a brand new pitcher. I don't know if you got to see it about two Sundays ago. I watched the whole game. He's a rookie pitcher. First time starting good. He grew up a Mets fan from Long Island. Had 150 family, friends, members, because they, you know, all from Long Island watching him pitch. The guy did an unbelievable pitching performance, but he also did an unbelievable batting performance show. He got four RBIs, which never happens for a pitcher. He recorded four RBIs. That's breaking the Mets franchise record in a major league debut and setting a major league baseball record for most RBIs by a pitcher in their debut it was amazing remember this is the team the guy grew up loving he's a Mets fan that is something you can't script his grandfather is all over YouTube I was sitting there crying I was crying my eyes out that's the kind of stuff I like I don't know the women's soccer team doesn't do it for me there's no story there for me this is a story that was put together and put out through the entire nine innings and really just like a script like a movie script that you really just would think wouldn't be real and it was very entertaining and the grandfather's gone crazy he's already a YouTube sensation it was really great and you know when the Mets um, they're not good so uh, you hope for those little you know nuggets every uh, every other Sunday or something you know so. oh that's the end of the show oh. Yeah, I guess that's it. Well, I hope you enjoyed the show. I got to say, I loved the part with Rachel. I mean, obviously, I'll listen to it back and everything, but she's such a good guest, and she's such a great person, and she's so funny, and she's, you know, becoming a star. She's doing really well. I don't know whether I ever told you guys, but when I opened for her in Syracuse, and, uh, you know, I had to watch her show every night, and uh, I usually don't like that, but it was really, really entertaining and really good. And she's become, you know, I've known her for a very long time, and she's become a very good comic. So, I don't know. It's great that she came, and hopefully she'll be here a little more. And she'll be in town, so we can have her on again. And, uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know what we'll do next week. I certainly got a lot of material i got to get through. So, I will see you next week. Don't know what the story will be or who the guest. Maybe it'll be by myself, because you know I love doing the show by myself, too. And I love having a guest. We'll see you next week on the Dangerous Coast Show. Hey now.